Well, hey, everyone. It's Mike. And Alina. And we're back with Practicing Catholic. It's been a minute, hasn't it? A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to start off with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes. All right. Well, let's get ready to practice. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, on today's episode. Uh, It has been a minute. Uh, We were kind of joking about it, but uh, certainly a lot that we've been uh, working on here at VMY in Southeast Missouri, uh, programs and events, and uh, just uh, a lot going on in general, even with our, our thrift store. But uh, thank you to everyone who has been listening to our past shows, and uh, certainly this is something we're going to uh, continue. And uh, also thank you to our new patrons who have uh, generously um, you know, participated in supporting VMY. Uh, we really appreciate that. So uh, with that, as we said, we're going to be talking about the Beatitudes. This is a two-part series. Uh, that's the goal. And uh, anyway, so we're going to start with the first four. Is that correct, Alina? Yeah. Okay. So what are the first four Beatitudes? Okay. Well, there is eight of them total. Eight total. Um, this comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10, and it's part of Jesus's like famous Sermon on the Mount. Um, yep. And the first four are, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. And blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Wow. And, and you know, one of the things, too, that we, we want to lead in here with is that, you know, when we talk about Scripture, you know, this this really took place. Um, we had a, had a student uh, a while ago who said, well, the Bible's just another book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh um, uh, you know, and I said to him, I said, you, you know, it's really lived history, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of cases, certainly, um, differences between, uh, scripture passages within old Testament, new Testament, but we know for a fact, Jesus did live. There is historical record, um, you know, of this, mm-hmm. um, beyond just, you yeah. know, what we have in, as Catholics or, or as Christians. So, right. The Romans kept really good records. records. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. his crucifixion is recorded yeah. um, just like a modern-day crime would be recorded. Absolutely. And, and you know, even, um, geez, I can't think of the historian's name. There's a great Jewish historian uh, at the time of Jesus, and he, you know, he even writes about him. But anyway, so the Sermon of the Mount is a real location. Um, today, uh, if you go to touring Israel, different sites that they have, uh, when you go there, um, in uh, one location where they believe it may have been um, is actually in northern Israel on the uh, Chorazim Plateau. Uh, okay. And actually there's the, uh, the Church of the Beatitudes that's built there. And it's an octa- octagonal building. It's eight-sided. Oh, because um, there's eight Beatitudes. It, correct. And Fun. each stained glass window is uh, one of the Beatitudes. Ooh, and then the altar is actually in the center. Oh. Uh, so it's very pretty. Um, but yeah, no, this is one of the locations they believe it to have been. There's actually a, a retreat center on the top of the mount, actually, as well, where people can go. Mm. Um, so again, they, they unfortunately, we don't know historically exactly where... Um, it has done, but with through Catholic anthropology and things like that, they believe this may have been one of the, this may be the location and why there's so many different things that have, you know, been assigned there in terms of our, our faith today. Not to mention sacred tradition. I mean, Mm -hmm. these things are passed down to us just like our grandparents passed down stories of the old farmstead, you Mm -hmm. know, where it was, where it was and and where, what boat they came in on and Mm -hmm. everything that would have been passed down Mm -hmm. through generations, um, from Jesus's first disciples and followers. Absolutely. Oh, it was 
over there, you know. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah, so it's kind of neat to, to, so again, that's one of the things we really want to point out. So although this has a lot of meaning, and certainly what we're going to cover today, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, implications of what Jesus was saying to the people at the time. What he was saying to post Judeo Christians after the his death and resurrection, mm-hmm. you know what the what the what the uh, evangelical author Matthew was trying to do mm-hmm. uh, in there. In Matthew. Yep, and he's a real person. Yeah, he's a real person. <laughs> and then last but not least, actually, it's you know implications for us today. So uh, with that, we're gonna let's go through the first four. So uh, Alina, again, the first one. Okay, so blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there, but first, mm-hmm. like you kind of already alluded to, um, important to note that when Jesus was speaking to um, the Jews on this, you know, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. um, when he was, you know, talking about this, he would have been speaking to the Jews, and the Jews would have interpreted this as um, being under the persecution and oppression of Rome, uh-huh. um, specifically speaking to the Romans and how they were so downtrodden and they were you mm-hmm. know, poor of spirit because they felt like, okay, well, we're God's chosen people. We have a special, unique covenant with God. Like This mm-hmm. isn't how this should be. Where is our God? Why isn't he upholding this? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is literally flipping the table and saying, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Yes. Yours is the kingdom yeah. of heaven. heaven. Your kingdom isn't right here Correct. necessarily. Yes. You know, but because of your suffering, because your eliminations, like you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. You mm-hmm. know, my kingdom is not here. Your kingdom that you are going to as God's chosen people in the covenant mm-hmm. is not here either. And this was mind blowing to them because they didn't understand that. They they mm-hmm. were they kept feeling like they should have all of Israel, you know, it should be sure, theirs. Sure, the promised and land. It was and the promised, the promised land. land. And Absolutely. it should be perfect. Milk and honey and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, they and didn't understand true. that. No, they didn't. I mean, they were looking for, uh, you know, at their time, they were looking for a military leader, much like David, you know, much like Aaron. Uh-huh. You know, if you look at historically what the leader of Israel was, the great kings, they were military leaders. Yes, this was a and new concept to them. This that was breaking their kingdom the mold. wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, when we look at that then, too, from the, the post-Judeo-Christian um, mindset, you know, here are, you know, men and women who recognized that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He completed and fulfilled the law. And to accept him in, in faith... Right. That was the recognition that they needed the Trinity. They needed Christ, the spirit and the father as their God, you know. And and so God did fulfill what he had promised centuries ago to to Abraham. Mm -hmm. Right. God fulfilled everything he had promised in uh, Old Testament scripture in Christ. And they recognized that. So that's what that would mean to them. Right. Um, To just to. Um, if you don't post Judeo, the, what you're referring to is those first Christians, mm-hmm. like yes. the the Jews that were Jews, and now they're no longer Jews because they believe in what Jesus was saying. Correct. So like the early Christians, early Christians, you know, first the Christians. first Catholics. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And so that's uh, that's a big thing for for a person who, you know, was Jewish, who now began to follow as it was referred to as the way mm-hmm. um, that was their original name. We see that in uh, Acts of the Apostles. Again, that was something very, very you know, poignant to them. Blessed are they are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They recognized exactly what Christ was saying during the Sermon on the Mount. They would have been able to see this, you know, even in, in early first century, second century even, 
um, that message and truly accept it. So, but what's the application for us today? Well, for today, like we can take this many different ways, but the main nugget here to kind of latch on to is poor in spirit in our modern Christianity, those who have recognized that they need Jesus, Mm -hmm. that without God, without the Trinity, you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. No, it's (laughs) absolutely right. It's a good point. (laughs) This world is crazy and Mm -hmm. there's so much secularism out there in the world and so much telling us, oh, you should do this and, you know, um, you know, Christianity is wrong and it's just chains that bind you. But those who have recognized and, and taken on that burden that is Christianity in a mm-hmm. sense, not that we feel that way, but yeah, um, that have recognized that they need Jesus, that they need the mm-hmm. Trinity, those who are poor in spirit in that sense, mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven is also yours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It reaches, you know, Paul and essentially bringing it to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ and, and God's plan of salvation being for all people. Right. Not um, just it, the Jews. It does that. Yeah, it, it does that. And, and what we begin to see, uh, one of the things we'll kind of talk about throughout this is that really the Beatitudes can be, it, 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 it's a progression of the faith life itself. Because yes. where do we begin first? At some point, we all begin to say, okay, God, I need you. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel, right? <laughs> exactly right. I mean, that's, songs that's are written about it. but <laughs> That's where we're at. That's like, where you just throw your hands up and you're like, okay, I can't do this without. I can't without do this without any, Yeah, can't no. do it without you. And and that's that's one of the beauties about it is that but as you see it, right, you begin to begin to look at each one as the progression to the next level within our faith. Exactly. Ultimately being what? Persecuted in the end. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk it, about that one, you know, in, in the our, next episode. In the next episode. But, but that's where this is headed. Look at, you know? look at the apostles. <laughs> right. You know, all but one was martyred. I mean, truly poor in spirit, recognized Christ, followed all the way through, persecuted and ultimately martyred. Um, so... Uh, well, don't worry. There's heaven for you. That's right. <laughs> that's what the Beatitudes <laughs> the are kind of getting at. You that's know? right. That you're still on, you're still following the right path. You're on, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You yep. know, as you were saying earlier, like the early Christians, they initially called themselves the way. The way. You know, that's where this is at. You're still on the right path if you're doing all of these things. You're headed towards heaven. Correct. You know, and, and it's a formation of, of character. It's a formation of, uh, of faith. All right, so moving on to number two. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Is that correct? Yes. All right. So what does that, that mean to the Jews? Well, to the Jews, um, they would have seen um, this as meaning end of exile from political power. Again, like mm. the Romans, like they're still being oppressed by the Romans. And they're thinking that, the, oh, they're mourning, they're sorrowing. They mm-hmm. will be comforted. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. The mm-hmm. Romans must be coming to an end. Um, so they're thinking of this more of a military, political mm. um, standard, when in reality, Jesus is again saying, no, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying find comfort in me the new covenant your kingdom is not here um you know this is it's it's, it's still a new concept for the jews they keep thinking like you said earlier they're looking for what they saw in a savior Mm -hmm. they're looking for a general general. (laughs) and jesus is saying no a new david a new aaron right they're you know even in like a new moses that's why Mm -hmm. a lot of you know today's jews still they believe Today's Jews um, believe in Christ. They mm-hmm. just don't believe that he was the son of God. That he was just a great prophet because they're mm-hmm. still anticipating kind of that general where they'll get back Rome mm-hmm. or Israel, mm-hmm. you know, um, they'll get all of that back. Um, and so Jesus is saying, no, that's not 
what I mean here again. Yeah, no, it's and, and you know, you taking that further um, as we talk about, you know, early Judeo Christians, those men and women who were uh, born, <clears throat> born and raised in the Jewish faith, who now have chosen to follow the way to become Christian. What happened <clears throat> is that they were shunned by their families, completely mm-hmm. shut off. And when you read this from that perspective, if you think about, okay, hey, I'm I'm now going to follow Christ, and now your entire family doesn't talk to you, mm-hmm. you lose it all. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Right? What a great thing for them to hear in this this time of of sadness, right? Where literally you've lost everything to your original community, all your friends, all your family. They don't talk to you anymore, right? But you're finding you're crazy. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they. But you're finding comfort here in our in, in your new community and your new faith, and and most importantly within God. You know that's where your comfort's coming from. You know, I think, you know, as we further reflect on it, one of the things that jumped out to me in terms of our current day, um, Alina, was that blessed are they who mourn, um, <clears throat> for they will be comforted. As you said, you know, a lot of craziness in the world today. And I think that for me, what I saw there is that if we begin to really recognize the frailty of our own human nature mm-hmm. and how much we need God. Yeah. And we begin to recognize our own... Um, sins our own struggles even more so and how they are displeasing to God um, and it, it b- brings about that need for reconciliation right that to me is where the where this is within our own faith life is that man I really recognize I am struggling I am in this place of 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 hurt and I can see now I can understand how that sin really does affect God yeah and you're exactly right in saying that Michael like this is how we are supposed to take it as modern day Christians as blessed are those who are sorrowful for their sins Ooh. you know Lord have mercy on me that. a poor sinner I am not worthy mm. blessed are those who are mourn they will be comforted. There is peace and comfort in Christ's forgiveness no mm-hmm. matter what you do no matter what you have done or will do. Christ is there waiting to welcome you back like the prodigal son mm-hmm. with open arms and embrace you. And wow. that's what, you know, but we can also take this in um, a very literal sense in sorrow and pain has been around since the beginning of time, since the original sin. Sure. Um, you know, Jesus is also speaking um, because he knows all and saw all of this. Like, mm-hmm. blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Those yeah. who are experiencing heartache and loss, even those who are, you know, good practicing you know, modern day Christians or, you know, the, the Jews back then, mm-hmm. um, God's chosen people or the post Judeo Christians, they mm-hmm. all experience suffering and sadness. So yeah. if you take it in a very literal sense, like just for what it's worth, but then as we take it from a spiritual sense, like you're saying, yeah. um, not a general, <laughs> yeah. um, families are, you know, abandoning you. And then for us, the hope and the peace and the comfort yeah. That comes in Christ's forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, again, the the thing the thing about these beatitudes, so much you can unpack mm-hmm. wherever you're at, because at some point, one we're in all of these, right? As you said, you know, all of us mourn. Um, we mourn when family members pass. We mourn when things don't go our way. Um, there are all forms of mourning in our life, but um, you know, again, where, where are we at on this journey? So that's now taking us to the third beatitude. Mm -hmm. All right. What is that one? Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the land. 
Um, so meekness is kind of another word for gentleness. Um, and from that we gain like humility. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these beautiful fruits that can also come from these beatitudes, like, mm-hmm. you know, poor in spirit. If you are poor in spirit, the opposite of being poor in spirit is the fruit that can come from that is joy. Those who mourn, you can have peace in Christ's forgiveness. You can have joy, um, in needing Jesus, the joy that can come from recognizing that the mm-hmm. peace that can come from being sorrowful for your sins. And now the meekness, um, um, that you have um, can be turned into gentleness, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether that be, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit, but the Jews specifically, um, again, they meant this very literally. Like yeah. they thought that, Oh, we're meek for they will inherit the land. They're again thinking Israel, Dr- Israel. <laughs> like they, promised the, land. the promised land, like yeah. they're waiting for this. Um, and Jesus is saying, no, not this land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, promised land like the, the, land. Kingdom. the kingdom um you will inherit you know the jews are thinking like moses said old mm-hmm. testament again like they will inherit the earth and they're thinking very literally like you know um outer layer of the earth's <laughs> surface crust here yeah. um yeah. israel yeah and land. jesus is reiterating again here that he's actually speaking about heaven mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's very interesting i mean because again you're talking this is lived history this is not made up again because Today, Passover still celebrates the exodus from Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, 40 years in the desert. It took a long time for them to arrive at the promised land. Yeah. And then they had to conquer the promised land. Right. Yeah. And so there was a, this is true physical land. And so understanding that it can mean that and doesn't mean that to our brothers and sisters, you know, in, 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 the, in the Jewish faith. It's fine. Like, that's wonderful. It's beautiful. This isn't just all metaphor. This is one of the things I, I really want to kind of, you know, maybe remind some listeners of this scripture. Yes, there's metaphor. Yes, there's deeper meaning, as we can see here, what the Holy Spirit can help do in, in unlocking what it can mean for us today. Right. This goes, it gets into what's called her, uh, hermeneutics. It's actually a, a form of applying Old Testament scripture, or Old Testament writings, or even New Testament writings to modern day. Yeah. But anyway, the whole point is that. There's meaning to it. So, what did it mean to post-Judeo-Christians? Okay. I've been disowned. There's comfort and reinsurance that I still will inherit something greater. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't... I've lost everything I've had before. Right. I maybe lost my physical home. Right. Like I mean, I have legacy, no place to leave. Farmstead, yeah, farmstead, like, whatever that may be. Yeah, my inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still something greater. You know, and I think you alluded to it earlier. What does it mean for us today is that we begin to develop virtue especially the virtue of humility. We begin to set aside pride, mm-hmm. and um, which they say is the king of all, all sins, is pride, mm-hmm. because it's what I want. Uh, more importantly, humility also helps us to begin to set aside attachment, right? Attachment to things, attachment to status, attachment to, you know, uh, property or, you know, items and so that's where this gift of humility, the virtue of humility, really begins to spring forward because we begin to see that's not as important as I thought it was. Right. That is not as what I need anymore. And then we progress to the next one, right? Which is? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And I think, honestly, this is probably my favorite beatitude. Sure. Um, if I get to pick a favorite. Sure. You're <laughs> um, Vincentian. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
because justice, whether mm-hmm. that be, you know, social injustice or mm-hmm. just um, the truth will set you free. Um, yep. There's a lot of different ways that, again, we can take this beatitude like the three previous. Um, but this one personally is my favorite. Um, the Jews, again, would have seen it as like kind of how I'm interpreting it. Corporate justice against the other pagan nations against the mm-hmm. Romans, um, sure. uh, like a military conquest. They were, saw it as physical justice. Physical justice, absolutely. Though they know that they were Jews and they are following God's law and his commandments in the Old Covenant and that others should be, mm-hmm. you know, um, persecuted and yeah. their wrongs should be righted. And so, again, they're still looking for that, like, general here. And yeah. Jesus is reiterating your thirst will be satisfied. Yeah. And it, maybe you, not here. Maybe not here. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that really stands out, too, in that time is the temple tax. Yeah. Right. So they were allowed to keep the temple. Rome was like, sure, you can have your temple. You're just going to pay a tax on it. A big tax. Uh, yeah. And again, so here is, you know, here are the people of Israel who are now having to pay a tax for the for the temple. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not just. And so for God to correct that. You know, and then as we get into that post-Judeo-Christian, those early, you know, Jewish Jewish Christians, yeah. you know, again, and even the Christian community as a whole, I mean, they were being persecuted themselves. Caesar Nero was having people beheaded. Yep. He was literally right having Christians beheaded and putting their heads on spikes in the middle of the city. Yeah, they were worse than Jews. Yeah, I mean, they were... Uh, the Jews a, a, he allowed. The Christians mm-hmm. were not allowed at all. No, they weren't. You know, again... It became because it was a, a movement that he wanted to to end because of, you know, political overthrow. It was mm-hmm. about power and um, it was about control. Right. And so and that's one Christians of the big things. Yeah. Would have wanted that. They would have also been hungering and thirsting for that righteousness. When is this going to be OK? Lord, I trust in you. But when yep. is this going to be OK? It will be satisfied. It Absolutely. will get better. God is promising that it will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and in today's like modern society, we can kind of equate this to goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that be racial injustice or um, mm. poverty, poverty or um, sex trafficking or anything, anything, any, I mean, uh, abortion. Absolutely. Um, all you these know. things where we where we are are get destroying the dignity of the human person mm-hmm. you know and it's it, it speaks to and I actually put here in, in my notes it speaks to our Vincentian charism yes you know because again those in poverty you know it's one thing you know we we did a we played jeopardy at youth group yeah and um, I put up 11.6 percent of kids live in poverty at 16 million mm-hmm. you know 11 point Six percent of the U.S. population lives in poverty. It's thirty-seven point nine million. When you think about the numbers, right? That's more than from children alone in poverty is more than two times the population of the state of Missouri. Yep. With with total population, it's more than six times. Mm -hmm. But here's here's some crazier statistics. uh, Today, forty-three percent of the world lives on less than six dollars and eighty-five cents a day. Hmm. Yeah. 43% 43% of the entire world population. Yep. 23% live on less than $2.35 a day. Hmm. I mean, it's it's staggering when you get into poverty in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the United States. Right. And you begin to see that. And I think that's where, you know, these these forms of injustice that we see, we work to hopefully help correct, you know, through the Vincentian family, whether that be racial or, you know, financial in terms of poverty, mm-hmm. all of these things that we're working to to hopefully 
you know, rectify. I think that speaks in our charism. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and in today's modern culture, like Jesus is, we can take this again very literally mm-hmm. and saying um, that the hunger and thirst for righteousness, um, so this justice will be satisfied. How I mean, we have been protesting abortion mm-hmm. since Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. and our hunger and thirst has been satisfied in the overturning of that, but that doesn't mean that it is over. No, we will not see that being fully satisfied. Sure. Until we enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, and again, that the thirst for the national law to be overturned is one thing. Now, of course it reverts back to state, you know, again, what we see is that, you know, the dignity of the human person where, um, from conception till natural death. And there's so much we have to continue we, to work right. on. The work has just and, begun. And building up, you know, all these people, building up the people and building up the kingdom of God. Um, it's so important for us today. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at that. I mean, that's the first four, and there's so much more that we could sit here and unpack. And so, you know, really what we want you to do, folks, as we, especially as we're getting into Lent here, is to take time um, and and take a moment to really think about these beatitudes where are you at on the faith journey Mm -hmm. where are you at um within you know this progression of your faith life um are you at the beginning great there's more to come you know are you are you currently mourning don't worry god will continue to comfort you Mm -hmm. may take time but god will comfort you you know are are you being meek are you let or are you letting pride kind of take take over and win back in or are you now at that point where you're you're thirsting for righteousness and justice? Are you are you working more and and how can you do more? So you may maybe within a different point in this. So take that time here over this this next several weeks of Lent to really kind of reflect and say, hey, where am I at? But before we end today's show, Alina always has her quote of the day. <laughs> and uh who do we have here? This is Blessed Valdemir Gika. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Well, he was a martyr. His um, feast day is May 16th. He um, lived from 1873 to 1954. Um, So he is in the process of the beatification um, process. So he is blessed. Um, And he says um, in um, retrospect to the Beatitudes, those who love God are ready to discover new Beatitudes in every situation quite often where they are least expected. Wow. There we go, folks. As always, thank you so much for taking time to listen to us today. Be sure to subscribe, like, uh, and consider becoming a patron of our show. Again, your your donations directly help support our weekly youth ministry program here in Southeast Missouri. And until next time, keep practicing.